Gig Gab, the Working Musicians Podcast, episode 122 for Monday, July 10th, 2017. folks and welcome to gig gab the podcast by for and about working musicians here in durham new hampshire i'm dave hamilton here in las gatas california it's paul kent how you doing mr kent doing okay sorry i missed you last week life got in the way hey it's uh it happens to the best of us and by that i mean it happened to both of us so there you <laughs> go <laughs> yeah uh, yeah yeah good stuff um, right. So we missed last week, which means we missed talking about, we had another one of our fling fests and it was stellar. If anybody that remembers us talking about our fling fest down at the stone church, we've had, um, it, it, the, the crowd experience has always been great, but the band on stage experience has always kind of been a little bit rough. Uh, and we've talked about sound there and that sort of thing. And for whatever reason, man, this time it, was bliss. What made I mean, it bliss? Well, there was a, a different sound engineer, but I'm not, I mean, I, I give him a lot of credit because I, I don't know where else to credit any of this, but it, for the first time we were able to mix our own ears, which, which certainly makes a difference for us, but just in terms of house sound, he was really able to get a good mix without overpowering anything in the room. And for a, you know, family ish type of event, that means a lot. Uh, so I don't know if they have a new mixer there or what, but man, it was, um, it was stellar. I mean, just mm. the whole night went really well, but it was weird. Like we walked in and within the first 30 seconds, I just had this feeling. I'm like, oh, this is going to go great. And it was totally great all, all the way through. Yeah. It was like the, for but you know, and there were things that were easier that shouldn't have been any easier, like load in and set up just went flawlessly. And, and I don't know why that would be any different than previous times, but, but yeah, it it's like was. golf man. you know, it's like some days <laughs> the stars line up, everything you hit is straight and you are re-enamored with what you do. And you remember why you love it so much. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, that's the thing. No, it's that's like, it. That's right. <laughs> you know, for most of us, every night is, you know, are we going to be too loud? Is my rig going to sound, the guitar player is, is my rig yeah. going to sound the way I want it to sound? You know, am I going to be able to hear vocals? You know, is are, are, there's so many variables flying at every gig. Yep. And I think after you do it for a while, you just kind of get into a rhythm and you just understand that dealing with stuff is, is kind of part of the deal. It's just part of the deal. That's right. But then Nirvana happens every once in a while and you remember how good it can be. And you're pretty much good for another year. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's true. And, you know, one thing that I noticed when we were setting up this time is and for whatever reason, it just sort of happened. My drums were about the stage there is I mean, the whole room is just all wood. So it's Reflection City. And that includes the stage. And for whatever reason, my drums, I had set up maybe an extra foot and a half off of the back wall than I normally would be. And I noticed it early enough that I could have moved back. And so I, I turned to our bass player and I said, Burke, do you care if I'm out here? You know, or should I move back? Because the stage is pretty deep there. He said, no, no, stay where you are. He's like, that might actually help our sound. And and it might have, you know, not having, because I always have a vocal mic going. And so not having, you know, that reflection right there on that, uh, bringing the drums back into it, which then, of course, brings the level of everything up. Uh, it might have made a difference. I don't know. But, man, it was just a stellar night. 
and the band, you, you know, when you. you, when you are relaxed on stage, it makes, or at least let me say it this way. When I'm relaxed on stage and when the band's relaxed on stage, the gig goes so much better. And, uh, and we just felt it was for the first time we felt relaxed at one of these, you know, we could just like play a normal set as opposed to frantically just trying to get through a set. It makes a difference. That's cool. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Thanks man. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. How about you? Any, uh, any good gig stories? Uh, a couple. So we played a big 4th of July gig, you know, very big in a football stadium, actually a high school football stadium, really amazing sound system, big, you know, line arrays, you know, from mains and, you know, tons of, tons of subs and, you know, just huge sound. And, you know, we played about six, seven, maybe 8,000 people, really fun gig. Uh, one of those ones where, you know, a lot of people were there for the fireworks show. We were the opening act for the fireworks show. Sure. Uh, but there was a little dance floor in front of us, you know, enough for maybe, you know, 100, 200 people. And uh, the first set, you know, people are kind of flowing in and, you know, the vibe is kind of getting set and there's good anticipation. Band was playing pretty good. But then right around and we, we didn't take a break, but right around the middle of the show, all of a sudden this one group, uh, it was like America's best dance competition they they kind of formed a circle and they were kind of dancing with each other and dancing together and all of a sudden grandmas were getting in the middle of the circle and little kids were getting in the middle of the circle and the energy that the band took from it was just really cool and just kind of propelled the whole show and you know kind of funny this this little thing right in front of us you know of maybe 50 60 people was entertaining the band and giving such a good vibe that it translated into a show that I think, you know, six, 7,000 people really enjoyed. So yep. we got a great reception, but uh, you know, that energy from the audience is, is uh, that's again, that's the things that you play for is when you get those moments where that, that holistic flow out to the crowd and back to you is happening. That's, that's real joy. I mean, it was, it was great. So that yeah. was cool. That's cool, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've done those opening act for the fireworks gigs before. And and those can be great gigs. They are they are good gigs to it's go party. get, folks. Yeah, because it's a par- it's a party regardless of whether or not you're there. But you can you can well you can certainly tap into it and hopefully add to it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that was a good one. Then one I'm going to lay it out here, but we're going to take a note. And we're going to do a, a show about it. But a pretty decent uh, size booking agency booked us for a civic concert, a lunchtime civic concert. And, uh, you know, very formal, lots of rules and recognitions. You cannot eat near the stage. If someone comes up to you and wants a card, you have to, you know, direct them to our sound guy who will give them our card and, you know, a lot of stuff. And all of their communication with us was like, you know, it's an automated system. You know, please click here to acknowledge you've received this offer. Please wow. click here to acknowledge you. It was very automated. No humans. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Other than the first inquiry as to whether we wanted to play. Sure. And then uh, I sent a stage plot now the gig didn't play great pay great but um we took it because a it was in oakland you know and it's like a market that we we don't play a lot in so we wanted to try and make that happen it was a one hour lunchtime gig even though it was you know so for some of the guys it's 45 minutes or an hour away um uh and uh it was this new booking agent that you know has a reputation of having some pretty good corporate event gigs so we took it for all those reasons sure and um Interestingly enough, I'd sent a stage plot and they never acknowledged that what was on our stage plot would not be there. So we get there and there's a 16 channel mixer with three monitor mixes. Uh-oh. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm thinking to myself, for such a great booking agency, you know, the pay for this wasn't that great. Load in was a hassle, you know, like a lot of downtown urban shows can be. 
Um, and then not even the courtesy to acknowledge that they that uh, they weren't going to pay attention to our stage plot. So we had to we had to make some do. You know, again, Bill was there, and you know he did some magic, and we were able to get at least all the. You know, Simon and I were able to. They only had three wedges for for ten pieces. Yeah, right. So you know that type of stuff. And again, and it's kind of going to lead into this conversation we're going to have today about you know when are you at the mercy of what what is going on around you, and when do you make decisions that say this is not okay for me, and I choose yeah. to opt. I choose to opt out of this. So right, I want right. to do a whole show about you know we had that we had that good talk with your friend who was the booking agent, and and that was enlightening. But this is a different gig, right? This is this is like, you know, clearly they've got some infrastructure around them. You know, they have some corporate clients. And since we took that gig, in the meantime, between when I said yes to doing that gig and actually doing the gig, we got three or four inquiries about doing some corporate stuff for them. Sure. Right. Okay. Didn't get any of those. And I don't know whether we didn't get any of those because I don't have any feedback as to why we didn't get any of those. It just, you know, the automated system sends the client has decided, you know, to do something else. Right. So, um, I, I, I'm on one bad foot with this booking agency and I got to think about what to do with it. I mean, I, mean, I think the right thing to do is just talk to them and say, Hey, you know, what, what's the deal? But you know, coming you out can of this use gig, their online system to schedule the time <laughs> to talk to them. <laughs> Spoken like a true nerd guy. <laughs> anyway. So I want to kind of talk about like, you know, do you, do you, to break into corporate gigs, do you, and again, we're we're like halfway into corporate gigs, right? right? So right. I have some reputation. We get some. We played for Apple. We played for Google. We played some good corporate gigs. Yeah, that's right. That's right. If you if you get a feeling that a that a corporate booker is not going to be a great partner for you, do you iron things out? Do you go with your gut? So we'll, we'll set that aside. But I just kind of want to raise that, and I think it's an interesting conversation. Well, we about, can have that now. You know, we're right no, I, here. I love what we got teed up. I love okay. what we got teed up All today. Right. Okay, well then let's tee that up and we'll uh, we'll have that discussion next week. So good. All right. So Kevin wrote in and has a great question. He says, "I've been having an issue the last two weeks, and I wanted to run it by you guys for a possible topic on a future show. The issue I've been having is how to handle those pesky Klingons." He said, "These are the folks, usually guys that have been drinking all day." That want to be in my hip pocket from the moment I pull in with the band equipment until we are loaded up to head home. My guess is they somehow want to be a part of the band. They annoy with question after question and comment after comment while trying to <laughs> unload, load in and set up. That's not terribly bad, just annoying. And because they're a customer of the venue, you try to be pleasant. But being the nice guy just seems to make them more comfortable to invade one's personal space. Trying to come up between sets or, in the case where we were running sound at a festival this weekend, trying to hang out under our easy up tent that we had sheltering the mixing board. At what point do you go from nice guy to prick? Or, yeah. or should one just start off being unapproachable? Or is the best answer to find a staff member to ask this person to back off? Uh, he says, I'm seriously considering a personal sign or T-shirt that reads, thanks for your support. Now go away. Huh. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so ever since, you know, you brought this up to me when, you know, we've, it's, it's probably been about two, three weeks since he posted that, right? Yeah, it definitely. Yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's really been on my mind because it's, it's a conversation, not just, again, I'm assuming he's not a, a Star Trek tribute band, but he's literally <laughs> talking about Klingons. Um, it, it is, a, to me, a conversation about where your, what your tact and responsibility is in terms of dealing with fans. Right. And yeah. so this is a very interesting concept to me. I mean, 
Yeah, because at one point you want these people. Well, that's, I, I that's mean, the thing, right? That you you the, like the, one of the best things that can happen for your band, cover band, original band, doesn't matter, is to have dedicated fans. That right, yeah. they can spread right. your message for you. They'll be there at every gig, right? That's a good thing, etc., etc. Yeah. Well, so so let's roll up our sleeves on this because I think okay. we're going to go in a few different directions. So, yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know us, Dave and I are are different personalities to a great degree. And, I think they um, figured that out by now. Well, but but I mean, there's the surface stuff. But I actually, yeah, think true. it would be surprising. You are actually much more affable in crowds than I am. Yeah, and I'm probably less comfortable in crowds than you are. Isn't that but, weird? Yeah, yeah. But but so, I but that's true. I, I, I can I deal, and then when I go home, I shut down. Yeah. Yeah. So you are you are very good at being on. And me as a band leader, it is a um, really hard for me. Right. So I'm comfortable in crowds, but um, I'm really bad at small talk. I'm really um, bad at being disingenuous, you know, like. Right. Right. And so let's just lay that out there. And then I kind of back up and, you know, I am reminded that this is kind of part of the deal. Right. You are in business. Uh, as we've said, you know, especially in the cover band business, you are about your crowd. Yeah. And um, and so there are some people who are fish to water being able to just schmooze and be the life of the party and, and, you know, and are just so magnanimous and personal in crowds. You know, they this is what they do. And it's very natural for them. If it's not natural for you, it raises a whole bunch of issues. Right. So I don't know. So I'm going to ask you about you because. I've always admired how how genuinely kind, thankful, you know, you are to people who want to talk about your drumming or talk about, you know, like when we play together. And I'm sure it's the same when people come. Yeah. Are you are you in the moment and being focused like that? Or is, is there a little voice in the back of your head saying, oh, I can't wait to get through this? Yes. To both questions. <laughs> I, well, because it's true. Right. I I am. When, when you started saying genuine, I was going to have to say, well, I'm actually maybe not quite that genuine, but, but it, it is true when someone comes up and they want to talk about something that means a lot to me, either, you, you know, like you said, my drumming or, or the way the band plays, or even the way the band sounds like the things that I put energy into, I am always truly genuinely pleased to talk with those people. Um, and that's great, but I do not genuinely necessarily want to be their friend. And, yeah. and, and I, and I know that I, and I've always done this. Like, when I'm walking through parking lots, it's like I'm the one that the crazy person comes up to. I put off this vibe that makes me seem approachable. And and that's look, that's not a bad thing. It kind of like it's good. to It helps you get through life a little bit. Right. When people feel like they can be. Your certainly. Friend. Yeah. Certainly. But it but it does have this double edged sword of, oh, crap. Now I find myself in this scenario where I have been friendly toward this person and they think I've befriended them. And and that's two different things in my mind. Right. And, and we said it in a previous show. Right. You know, that line from Rush's Limelight. I can't pretend a stranger is a long awaited friend. Right. It, it, and it's true. It, you know, like I, I don't know you. But here's the interesting thing about like the flip side of that is I have found some of those Klingons to then become friendly to then become people with whom I can be be friends and be friendly, especially at gigs. And and a lot of times those are the people that are there to help you with sound and, yeah. you know, like that relationship can evolve. And I 
But the problem is with some people, and I know know there's somebody listening saying, am I that person? Well, you might be, but it's okay, (laughs) right? You know, or did I start out as that person? Yeah, maybe. I don't know uh, because I don't know who you are when you're listening. But I find that often people know more about me and therefore feel comfortable with me because they see me on stage than than I am with them because I don't know anything about them. And so there's this detachment or this disconnect, this lack of synchronicity in the level of friendship, the the pace at which that friendship or that comfort can develop. They're very Mm. comfortable with me. I have no idea who you are. So let's let's not go too too quickly. And it's not like I'm going to date these people or anything, but it's still that same sort of, you know, you got to pace things. And there's a level of trust that these people want you that that. If it develops that you would want to extend, right? If somebody's going to be that person that helps you run sound or, uh, you, you know, helps you load your gear in and out, you need to trust them at some level uh, because otherwise, you know, you're worried that they're going to run off with your gear. <laughs> so I've said that there is that type that is that's just that the life of the party magnanimous at all times and, you know, just is made to do this kind of, you know, crowd, you know, development and that type of thing. What is right? Having having a following from your band is part of one of your your tasks and one of your missions. I would say that there's another type as well, and this is kind of what I strive for. Yeah, I am appreciative. I, I'm going to say it again. I strive for it. I am sincerely appreciative for the. I'd say. 90% of people who come up and just want to say, Hey, enjoyed your gig. Right. Totally. I, you know, I love to ask in their name, thank them sincerely. And that once it gets beyond that, we're into a whole different no man's land. And the, and the, the, where I want to be able to be is to learn to be firm, but polite, be like, Hey, I got to go set up. Hey, yeah. I got to go tear down. Yeah. And, and in my mind, as the words are coming out of my mouth, I'm hearing myself be a jerk and it's not really what I want to be. But I got to go do something. Or there's other people who, you know, I kind of like the analogy here. There's people who come up and, and they want to talk uh, uh, much longer than I really can give to the to any one conversation in a setting where there's, you know, 10, 50, 100, 200, whatever number of people. Right. So the life skill that I think is good for musicians is short of of making the shirt that, that, uh, that Brian <laughs> Kevin, wants to make. Kevin. Kevin wants to make. Yeah. But I do think that the life skill is like, can you look someone in the eye? Be genuinely kind and respectful and say, hey, you know, appreciate you hanging. You know, I got to get some stuff done and be OK with that. And if, if someone can't take that message, then it's probably not a good relationship for you anyway. Right. Yeah. And it's probably, you know, they, they don't want to be a fan. They want something more from you than what you can probably give. And you probably can't live up to that. So right. I think in there is kind of the solution that Kevin is asking about is like, you know, understand you know, primarily what I'm here to give you is what I do when I'm on stage. Secondarily, you know, there's some component of what I give you that is when I get off stage, you know, and I sincerely appreciate your well wishes. And, you know, to hear that you like the music that I just made is a, is a really you know wonderful exchange. And hopefully that exchange can be wonderful for both of us. But then beyond that, we both have to kind of be realistic. And again, you know, be cool is one of the mottos of my life, but there's a line where it takes two to tango. And if so, if we're not being cool past that line, there is a, let's call it professional manner of which you, of which you extract yourself from that situation. So again, what I, what I think the the goal 
for, for most people who play in a band, who are going to have people who want to be around their band, um, full on friendship is a, is a tough thing. And I, I, I'm going to be careful here. Um, because it's a, it's just a hard thing. We have um, some really great music fans in this area and they support 10 bands, right? right. The, you know, and, right. and you know, all these bands know each other. And if it's one of those nights where you're really hoping that they're going to come see your band and they don't, that's tough. Well, it, it, well, I'll tell you this. It's tough when you think it's a friendship. It's tougher right? when only one person thinks it's a friendship. Yeah. Or, or it's tougher when you want something from that friendship. Right. Yeah, and I think Man, I, you know we're I gonna, think we're both going to end this episode with zero friends and zero fans. No, we'll I only think, have each other, right? But but the, I mean the the important part is, and I I know this is true of me, and I'm pretty sure it's true of you that there are people that I consider dear friends right now that I only know because they initially came up to me at a gig, and one of them is my wife, mm. right? So you know it it certainly is possible to to meet someone at a gig that that is compatible and can be a friend or, or in you know the case of me and Lisa more, but, yep. um, but that doesn't mean, and, and to me, it's like I said, it's, it's the gap between when you first meet this person. And then when that friendship actually, when the seed of that friendship actually, you, you know, it presents itself. And, yep. and as Kevin said, it's that person that comes up and it, it, alcohol is usually a factor here that, that just feels like they belong and doesn't yet belong yeah. uh, or, and may never belong. Right. But, but it's, it's that where it's like, Hey man. And they just come up on stage and it's like, Oh yeah. I like this, you know, the, the way you have your snare drum set up or I like the way your guitar rig is, or, Oh, I got one of those pedals. And because they have that pedal, they feel like they can go and touch yours. Right. And that's like, Whoa, dude, you, you know, no, that's not okay. Uh and and so the to me the trick is, and I'm not perfect at this, but in in fact in every one of my businesses, and this goes back years and years, and I've never done it for music, but but perhaps now's the time. I've come up with a list of what I call magic phrases, the things that work in the moment for to 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 turn either a good situation great or a bad situation good, like those little things that you've realized, like aha, you, you know, like th this is this is a magic phrase. And so one of them that I use all the time when somebody comes up and says, hey, can I help? And it doesn't matter if it's can I help you set up? Can I help you break down? Can I help with this or can I help with that? It's always, hey, thanks. But, you know, we do this a lot. I have a system and I've learned the hard way that if I mess with it, that's good. Things get screwed up. And so it, yeah, yeah. it turns it back to me. Right. It's yep. I have a system. And you're not, you know, we just met. So clearly you're not a part of it. And so I can't involve you in that. Right. You know, in the moment. But, you know, maybe well, six well, months. What I hear now, you saying I... is you're tacitly acknowledging don't be a jerk. Right. right? Of course. Um, right. You know, create a, a comfortable escape for both parties. So mm -hmm. everybody feels that they can walk away, you know, head held head, high, yep. head held high. That's the thing. And, you know, I, I was thinking about I think I told you a couple of weeks ago and this has happened actually two more times since then. We finish a good gig, uh, 10 piece band, all guys. And a woman will come up and say, Hey, your band was great, but it would be better, you know, yeah, with, with a girl a, singer. With a, right. That's right. <clears throat> and I'm reflecting on my response to them again. It's immediately after the gig. 
It's the goal is not to be a jerk to anybody. I failed miserably in all three of these. You know, and, 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 and like, you know, I, I, sh- I, try, I tried to create a magic phrase. It was like, ah, you know, it's been a boys club for 18 years. We're pretty happy with how it's going. So I think sure. we're going to stick. That's what I have meant to convey. But, you know, besides being kind of tired immediately after a gig, and quite frankly, this is where I fall short, a little indignant that someone would be your great butt Right. Yes. You know, and I'm, yes. I'm just I'm just Dave. I'm not good at that. Like when uh, when I smell BS, it might be the New Yorker in me. But, you know, when I smell this is going <laughs> south, you know, I don't have a great capacity um, to, to keep it as professional as I like. So, again, you know, I wasn't like outright rude, but I'm sure it came out way snarkier than I have. Sure. The best I can say is I have enough self-awareness to know. That's probably not what I want that person to walk away thinking of me. And, uh, you know, fans are – so we go back up to the, what's right. What's right is for you. It's part of the deal. If you want to play for people, you know, especially if you want to keep your cover band working, it's part of the deal that you have to engender a an audience of some kind. The more the better, you know, within reason, right, you know, within yep. a few constraints. But that is part of the job, especially as the leader – you know, and, and you know, to, to a great degree, you can argue for a whole band to buy into this will, will help your success. So if you start saying, I, I want fans, I think the first golden rule is don't be rude to people. Right. Don't be a jerk. But I do think that and where the richness of this conversation is that skill of whether it's magic phrases or just being comfortable enough to say, hey, no, thank you. So I have a, I have I have another thing to throw in, though. And although you had a magic phrase in in when you were talking earlier and your phrase was, I've got to get some stuff done. Right. So, again, it turns it back on you and like, oh, hey, sorry, man, I, I got to go. Right. I mean, it's it's a riff on the I have a system or we have a system thing. But yeah, but that's another good one. Like, sorry, I got to go do something so that I can do the thing that I'm here to do. And um, and and then the the um, sort of a, an extension to that is. Maybe come up with things that those people can do that anyone now handing them a tambourine is is too bad. easy and is also bad. Right. Bad. But bad. Very bad. And we'll we'll refer you to our episode on tambourines if you have any questions <laughs> on that point. But um, but perhaps there are things like, hey, you know, could you do me a favor? Could you go around and get people's names on our mailing list and just give them the clipboard and, uh, you know, a pen? Right. And they go around and get names and email addresses like that. That's something that literally anyone can do. Now, maybe the person doesn't have quite the tact that you want. So you don't offer that job to them. But there are jobs that people can do, uh, you know, and then that way they feel involved, but not in your face. So, yeah, I I actually wouldn't do that. And here's why. I, I mean, it is a good idea, but now you've. In, now oh, you've, you've embraced them. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah. now they're now they're on the team. Yeah. And uh, and uh, so I'm, I keep a pretty close circle. I'm careful about those types of things. It, it is. And again, this there's no right or wrong here except for the tambourine. There's no right or wrong here. <laughs> That's definitely wrong. Yeah. They're wrong. But um, I'm I'm cautious about that. And maybe this is the same thing. You know, we talked about leadership styles. And we can talk about salesmanship styles, which is kind of where, where, where this kind of falls in. Yeah. You know, this is like what works to be a genuine um, reflection of who you are. Now, if you're a jerk, you're going to get the results of being a jerk. Some yep. people can be a jerk and make it work for them, interestingly enough. And maybe that's because there's some 
They have that magical charisma. Well, that's it. You know, there's an element of truth in this is who I am. I'm not trying to hide it, you know, so take me or leave me. And that creates an interesting dynamic. But I think the the task at hand here is um, how not to – Accept the fact that you want to you want an audience that start there. Yeah. Number two, whether it's magic phrases or simply being comfortable with what how much you are willing to give and how much you're not willing to give. Right. Right. And, and being OK with the fallout of that. If, if I say to someone, hey, I got to go warm up now, um, but I'll, I'll, you know, I'll catch you later. If someone looks at you like, dude, we were just starting a conversation or if someone doesn't get the hint, I think you got to kind of let those things go. You can never win those types of things. No. No. So no, you, you don't want any fan at any cost. But. Be more discerning about before you start shooing them away. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Man, it's crazy. It's crazy. It is. Like I said, I'm just going to go off into this tangent for a little bit. But so in my area, there are some really terrific music fans. They are sometimes house rocker fans, uh, meaning that sometimes they'll come see the house rockers. Right. Um, but uh you know, like I said, once you kind of cross that line and you put some expectations on the friendship and the and the you know the connection that you have, it's hard to maintain that. So you know, I think a certain wall, a certain veil, is a very very good thing to have, as long as it's not a veil of being a jerk. You know, as long as there's a veil that is like you know, yeah. Let's be clear. This is what we both have to give to stuff. It's it's a mixed bag once you once you kind of go down the path of friendship, and but you know, a, if it's a friendship, if it's a really meant to be friendship. It'll filter its way through the through whatever it will air walls you have. Yeah. And it should. I mean, that's just how that's how friendships develop. Right. It's, For sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's interesting. Be cool. You know, understand fans are good. You know, do what you can. Be true to yourself. Don't be a jerk. You know, understand that there are some tactics and techniques that you can refine, whether they're magic phrases or just a willingness to say, this is all that I can give you. Um, Hey, man, I got to go set up. I got to go tear down. I got to go warm up. I got to go meet my wife. I got to go change strings, whatever it might be um, that offer a little bit of deflection and understand those people who can't take that hint. If you're, you know, as long as you're kind of, you know, laying it out there enough for them to digest, you know, be realistic about what the relative value of that is to your band anyway. Right. You know, if you're not a jerk. If you're not a jerk, one guy running around saying you're a jerk is not going to make you a jerk. No, and and of course that's a good life lesson too. Is yeah. no matter what you do, somebody's going to think you're a jerk, and then you know you got to let that stuff roll off your knife. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some some people come see my group um, because it works for them. Because there's a lot of single people there at a certain yeah. club at a certain time. It's not about me. It's about them. Right. Is that a fan? You know, we're convenience for each other. Well, and that at some level, that's what that's that's how that works right you know and that's okay there's nothing wrong with that yeah and folks i would love to hear your thoughts on this so you can visit us in our facebook group at giggabpodcast.com slash facebook or you can email us feedback at giggabpodcast.com and i think that's all we got time for today mr kent yeah yep and it sounds like Skype is uh, failing on us again. Yes, even when you're talking to prospective fans, always be performing. Always be performing. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll see you next time. Bye.